You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for another episode of Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining me on the Never Sleeps Network or on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us right now, whatever pod application you have on your phone. We appreciate you tuning in. If you're a listener and a subscriber, why not go all the way and, uh, you know, just add us on the Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast on the Instagram or at TNWPod on the twitter uh you can hear us there as well also you can send us a gmail at talkingwrestling at gmail.com um so that's all the plugs i have for our social media uh we have a great episode today as we always do uh last weekend's episode was uh the, of course the ricky the dragon steamboat episode and if you listen to it you now know that well he uh he could take several digs at me. I don't know if you've noticed calling me a hobo, saying that I, I, if I clean myself up, I could be Santa Claus. I don't know if that's a beard joke or a weight joke, but I don't appreciate either. I think Ricky was a little heelish at times, to be honest, during that interview, now that I look back. But otherwise, but how do I feel about that? Uh... I think it's fantastic. I thought the interview was great, and I'm still overwhelmed uh, that I got to spend a weekend with the dragon. So, you know, how cool is that? Uh, It's pretty damn cool. But speaking of the dragon, remember, uh, if you uh, review that, or if you do any five-star review and rate your rating, five-star rating, every week I screw this up, but I don't know why. If you do a five-star rating with a review of the Ricky Dragon Steamboat issue, you get two ballots entered in the contest to win an 80s postcard of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat signed by Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Everybody else that's already sent in reviews and ratings, thank you, you're automatically entered to get into the contest as well, even if you've already won a postcard already. And this runs all the month of December, and we will be giving away the uh, postcard announcing the winner in uh, the first episode of the new year. So enough about that. That was yesterday. Let's focus on today and tomorrow in the future. And uh, today I got a great guest, very funny comedian uh, out of Hamilton, uh, Ontario. Very, very funny guy. And his father was a professional wrestler as well. And we're very lucky to have him here in the studio. Uh, Eric Johnson, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing, bud? Hello, I'm not bad. How are you? I am fantastic. Fantastic. My grandfather was also a professional wrestler. Oh, my God. So you're a third generation. A third generation entertainer. That's I say. Now, you have the size to yeah. go into wrestling if yeah. you wanted. I wanted to, yeah. Why Why did that not come about? Here's the thing. This is my kind of take on it. I saw, first of all, what it did to my dad's body. What it did. To, I never met my grandfather. Uh, he died in 89. I was born in 90. And it just wasn't something that I was interested in. That being said... There's a kind of interesting development going on, development going on in my life. I'm in talks right now to do a TV show called Becoming Bullwhip, where uh, it's a uh, pitches some production companies, and there's definitely some interest. Hopefully, shooting this summer. The idea is me as a 27 year old stand up comedian who says. 
fuck it. Let's try it. And me working with like Santino Morella and some of the lower and uh, Santino Morella's got a beautiful gym in Mississauga. Yeah, he's uh, got Battle a Arts Academy. Amazing. Um, so go do some lessons with him and then do kind of the sweaty gym with like bloody Bill Scullion and Brantford out of his back uh, garage ring. And just the idea is I look at my dad's legacy and my grandfather's legacy and me going, I want my own. It's the show's going to be me trying to become a professional wrestler going through obviously all the and doing it the right way not doing it like a i don't know a vice stock or something where i learned three moves and think no. I call and that wrestling. would be like, and that would be entertaining as well because you know how to be funny as a yeah, comedian yeah so you can be funny you can be serious there could be drama like I could put, like I would love to watch that. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of emotional stuff because really all I my dad died in two thousand three, and uh, the only thing I have left of them other than some home movies is all wrestling stuff, mm-hmm. wrestling videos. And I know you've come across a couple of them. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's all I have. My biggest connection to him and still to him is wrestling you know and me being an entertainer i still feel him with me you know when i'm taking the stage and it's like when i'm doing something new it's like it's almost like him coming into a, a new wrestling ring you know a big event like they had there was starcade they brought back starcade a couple weekends yeah. ago my dad was in starcade 90 so like to see that kind of stuff and be like oh yeah that's that's what he did and there's videos of it and and uh yeah that's it's first of all it's probably going to be hilarious because my my pain tolerance is zero i I know how to take a bump. I took a lot of like stage acting, uh, stage combat acting classes in yeah. both theater school and film school, but it's not nearly the bumps that I'm going to go through as a wrestler, uh, trying to become a wrestler, but it's got a huge emotional angle too. It's, it's really, it's a tribute to both my father and my grandfather who are both in the Canadian wrestling hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, and I'm the 27 year old kind of pretty boy comedian. Well, and, you know what? At some yeah. point the rock had to stop being a football player and had to become a wrestler. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's not it, it, people are think, you know, I've talked to some people like, well, people are going to think that it's your kind of way of sneaking into the spotlight and stuff. I went, no, this is whatever. This is a great hook. It's yeah. a great angle. <laughs> yeah. Who cares mm-hmm. if it's reality television yeah. programming pretty much is wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. None of it's real. Exactly. People watch it. They think it's real. Yeah. yeah. It's all scripted. I get it. It's going to be it's going to be a reality show, but there is going to be definitely some scripted angles of, you know, just the idea of my dad had a huge handlebar mustache. Yeah. And I can't grow a mustache. Mustache. What am I going to do with that? You're going to have to get implants. Yeah, exactly. Go see what the process is. See if I get some weird tonic on my lip oh or my something. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, just there's going to be those kinds of things where it's obviously going to be set up for comedy, but there's a huge emotional angle. Like I, sometimes when I talk about my dad, still to this day, I'll tear up just by just by the way I talk about him. Yeah. So I can't even imagine the emotions that are going to come out when I've got like cause I'm, I'm going to become. First of all, he was Danny Sharp, and then he was Battleship Johnson, and then yeah. he was it was Danny Bullwhip Johnson. Then Danny Bullwhip, then Bullwhip Johnson. Anyways, so I would just become Bullwhip. So I'd still be his character, mm-hmm. his gimmick, but my own version. The, the you know, because my yeah. grandfather was, he was the bull. He was the bull, and and his other thing was the Mongol. And he wrestled with like Luthez and like the original like shooter wrestlers in the fifties and sixties. Oh, that'd be that's amazing. Yeah, so it's like a huge. Scope that starts in the 40s and ends now in uh, 20. Well, be I don't know. 
know, by the time it goes to air, it might be 2020, but who cares? I think the old, the longer it takes to get this thing off the ground, the funnier it'll be because I'm just getting older. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm still young, 27, but like there's a difference between a 27 year old taking bumps and a 30 year old taking bumps. Oh yeah. And you know, it's three years, but who knows? Anyway, so it's all being talked about now and I just, uh, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I, you know, nothing's signed yet. No, no T's and uh, no, no T's are crossed and I's are dotted, but it's, I've every production company or anyone that I've pitched it to, they're like, yeah, that's a show for sure. And I would do it like probably like an eight part mini series and I don't know how it's going to end. Maybe it'll come out, it'll write itself as we go, you know? Yeah. And interviewing people. And I think another angle for the show is I want to incorporate stand up comedy. So say if I get thrown into a wrestling match in Kingston or something, then I can get on stage at the absolute that night and we can film me talking about it. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of angles we can do and I'm, I'm confident in myself as a comic now that you know i can let that you know we've been feeding that beast for so long that yeah. now it's kind of self-sustaining i still not saying that i still work like crazy but i can kind of let that go and then focus on this still be a working everyday comic but i don't have to push too hard hey i'd like you to see no. me i'd like to do this now it's kind of like if i'm like hey absolute i want to do a weekend oh great all right come on up or you know the comedy works i just headlined up there like i i don't have to prove myself as much anymore you no, know no um no, no you've definitely like you you make you know you've been doing it for years now yeah and you know the further you go you know the more acceptance there is exactly so it, it just makes me think okay well let's still feed this comedy machine but what can we do about this wrestling thing you know yeah. what can i do to honor him you know as much as it's going to be a, just a, a tv show it's a huge you know we're going to cut in promos that he cut and how i should cut a promo and and and, and you know you know do scenes of him walking into starcade 90 and me walking into somewhere else like just there's a lot of parallels in yeah. this also i have a lot of connections with wrestlers that i can interview them about wrestling a lot of them knew my dad i can interview them about my dad interview them about wrestling interview them about how they think i should be a wrestler or if they think i could be a wrestler oh yeah like you bring in like any of the legends or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Those guys are, you know, I'm not going to say that they're all, you know, some of them are looking for anything to do. Yeah. But yeah. then there are ones that, you know, that would w welcome it just because they enjoy being, yeah. they, they enjoy being the character. Well, the thing is, a lot of these wrestling guys and wrestling trainers, there's a trainer named Ron Hutchinson and um, him and my dad worked together to train like Edge, Christian, Val Venus. Yeah. Like Edge and Christian's first match was at a show that my dad ran in Hamilton. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I just saw a video of, I was like, Edge and Christian's, they were called like the California Kids or something. It was their first promo they ever cut and it's really good. And my dad was there with them because he was cutting it for the promo at the show that was happening in, the, in Hamilton that was run by my dad. Yeah. So just little stuff like that, just little connections I have into the industry and like, like you, I I've, I've made not a full career, but a side career in whenever there's a wrestler that comes into the yeah. Hamilton Niagara area, I'm usually the one that either hosts or opens mm -hmm. uh, with Jake the Snake Roberts twice, uh, Mick Foley, Ted DiBiase, yeah. all these guys who are, you know, obviously up there uh, in terms of being legends. I've worked with them, you know, it's it, fantastic. yeah. And I think the idea is, you know, I just don't want anyone to think, Hey, he's doing this because he thinks it'd be a good TV show. 
It's like, no, I really want to. Well, who cares? I know, I know, whatever. That I, I, the I, that's the young ever. guy. Like, I want everyone to like it. I, no. I, I, I don't want people to think I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. No, no. You haven't. Like, that's like, if you had, like, that's like an Asian person not wanting to do a show, like, fresh off the boat. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Or Kim's Convenience. You're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to exploit what I am. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. if you have something and that's, a, you know, something special or that makes you unique or who you are, yeah. you just do it. Like, Ben Miner was the one who told me to go do a wrestling podcast. He's yeah. like, why are you not? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I why am I not? <laughs> yeah, good question, Ben. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, and here we are, you know, 24 issues in, yeah. you know, and uh, and we're doing okay. Yeah, well, that's good. So, but that's cool. You also do the Comic-Cons and stuff like that. Yeah, that too. So, yeah, I've made, I've worked my way in uh, and become friends with the guy who runs Hamilton Comic-Con and Niagara Falls Comic-Con. Yeah. So, with that, it, I, I'm the official... MC of all the Q&A panels. That's great. And yeah, so they, uh, obviously he knows I have a huge wrestling uh, background. So whenever there's a Legends of Wrestling panel or uh, questions with Sting or, you know, whatever, he has me do it. Yeah. Um, and I did, the, probably one I enjoyed the most, which is funny because he's not a wrestler, was Mean Gene. Mean Gene's, I was like enthralled by the, like the story. I don't know if enthralled is the right world, but what, I like just listening to him talk and having a guy who was there for it all. Yeah. Everything. Not, literally everything. Not only that, like not only at all, like but he was with Hogan in the AWA, mm -hmm. WWF, WWE, left WCW, yeah. NWO. Yeah. Like he was with Hogan his entire journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he's funny. He goes, you know, Hulk's, uh, Hogan's a lousy wrestler. There's no thing about it, but he's a great showman. And he's like, and that's what made him pop. That's why he goes, he was chirping him. He's like, what, what are you going to do? A leg drop? Like, look at what the kids are coming out of these days with the triple backflip, whatever. Something. He goes, it's a leg drop. He's like, but he sold it and he believed in it. People believed in him. And that's why he was so successful. I think, you know, there's some great wrestlers out there i mean when i go through this process i uh i don't think i'll be a high flyer guy i, w I, w I want to be like a cold calculated heel but a lovable heel like i feel like i true like am a little biased obviously because it's my dad but i think my dad was one of the first likable heels like he was definitely a heel but everybody loved him because yeah. he was funny and he had a way of being mean but in a sarcastic almost like Don Rickles-esque way so even if the audience hated him they were still laughing with him when he was making fun of people and I've seen some old uh, interviews and uh, stuff that were the stuff that he said is like oh my god I can't believe he said that but it was the 70s you know what I mean like he uh, <laughs> he got away with a lot of Don Rickles-esque that's stuff. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just ribs and insults. Yeah, and exactly. That. And he was, I hear stories about what my dad used to do because all the wrestlers rib each other on the road. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, stuff that he used to do to people and young guys and drivers and stuff. Just hilarious, hilarious stories. And just like the simple stuff where he'd be in the backseat of a car and someone, someone would be reversing and he'd knock on the window. I'm like, oh, Jesus, what did you hit? Just so the driver would panic a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just stuff like that. And it was funny. I had Mick Foley in my car because I was driving him from the hotel to the gig that we did together and uh he was doing little stuff like that and i was just like they're all the same yeah all these guys are just entertainer funny fun guys like it's they all had a ball you know and yeah and i think it's good for them too like if they can't because i asked ricky the first question i asked him last week was you just did stand up for the first time in ottawa yeah. ever yeah and i was like you know 
what was that like for you? And he honestly said he, he had butterflies before yeah. he went on. And I thought that's just great. Like he's just like you, me, yeah, everybody yeah, else, yeah, you yeah. know? And then he said he had butterflies every match, like every yeah. match, especially big ones. And it was like, that's great to know that even the most, you know, efficient professionals still at that level get that energy because it's all it is is a nervous energy but you yeah. can turn it into a positive energy and it's excitement right and they say if you don't get nervous it means you don't care and i think there's there's confidence there's different levels of nerves you oh, know yeah. i'm at a point now where i'm on where with stand-up was i don't get nervous anymore but it doesn't mean i don't care about it i get i learned how to turn that uh nervous energy into just energy and since that i've made that change my stand-up is like all over the place in terms of energy i've really decided to really go over the top with act outs and yeah and, and all that kind of stuff and it's made me a better comic and it's made me a more bookable comic it's made me a better entertainer all around i mean well, when i get off stage i'm a lot more uh, tired that's for sure but you know it's uh but there's a good way of like the good thing about act outs is uh mike mcdonald told me this a long time ago his formula was you know um set up uh punchline act out so he's like you just you're basically just doing the joke twice and you're getting twice as many laughs oh, on the same funny. joke I never even thought about that yeah and i was like so brilliant it's so brilliant as long as you I'm don't working with Mike in this weekend actually yeah, yeah. Well, you watch him that's yeah. his that's what he'll do he'll yeah. do and then he he'll do the punchline and then he'll just act it out yeah and it's just like that's so and you know you <laughs> yeah. ask him who inspires him and he's like you know who's it gonna be George Carlin or yeah. you know Lenny Bruce he's like no it's it's Bugs Bunny yeah yeah you know, no, for sure tunes, so. I have a Bugs Bunny pin on my jacket you know it's like and to loop all this together perfect segue when my dad was on the road a lot when I was a kid and less when I was a kid more so when my sister was born uh, in terms of uh, she was born before me. my sister was born 84 83 and uh, he was crazy busy then and I was born in and he kind of came off the road in about 95 so just as i was starting to he realized just as i was starting to have memories and stuff to come off the road yeah and the biggest thing we did together was watch bugs bunny together like that we watched it every single day we had tapes and betas and uh if it was on tv and and with my dad he didn't watch kids shows like you know when a parent's like okay sit down we're gonna watch Peppa Pig together no yeah. he would put on like Three Stooges and Abbott and Costello and Bugs Bunny and stuff like Murder She Wrote and Columbo and stuff <laughs> he refused to watch little kids shows the funny thing is, is all those are comedies exactly except for Murder She Wrote well I, Murder She Wrote I don't know it's just somewhere Columbo's the, just funny yeah, yeah it was somewhere in the A&E lineup that he didn't want to find the remote but <laughs> just stuff like that and I thank him because it crafted my style of comedy, my my brand of humor. Like I, I remember being like six years old watching like Dean Martin celebrity roasts with my yeah. dad. We'd have double VHS thing yeah. that we would watch together, and that's how we spent time together. And with comedy in the 70s he was a day player on the show Bizarre that films in Toronto or filmed in Toronto in yeah, the 70s with, yeah, with John Biner yeah. and uh, Super Dave Osborne Super Dave. and stuff so he was maybe in three or four maybe five episodes and he found out that the comedy network was airing old episodes of Bizarre so we added it to our cable we had basic cable but he somehow added just the comedy network yeah so we would watch the comedy network all day 
every day waiting for first of all Pizarro to come on if it would come on we'd be waiting for his if he was in one of his sketches came on but then we'd be watching like old reruns of just for last from like the 80s and 90s and and uh all kinds of stuff like just stuff that was on the comedy network you know yeah kids in the hall and stuff and i didn't realize as a kid i was like imprinting the rhythm and pacing and setup oh, and yeah. everything of comedy that when i started when i decided i wanted to be a comic when i was 20 years old it was not easy obviously not easy but it was just like okay i know how to do this and it was just boom 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 like the first time i ever went on stage was not as bad nearly as bad as a lot of people's first times because i had been living in this comedy world no, my entire I'm, life i'm the exact same yeah it was weird it was it was very weird and i've obviously worked my ass off for the last seven years since then but it was just yeah comedy's been around me my whole life and that's why he was the funny heel and the funny guy and mm -hmm. yeah yeah, because for me it was like I used to be able to stay up late and watch Saturday Night Live, and that was and I was able to understand the, the the jokes and everything. Yeah, and then it got to a point where I was staying up late every weeknight to watch late night television. Yeah, and that was the television that I watched. Yeah, and my my the rule was if you can still get up and do your paper route. You can stay up as late as you want. Yeah. Uh, so that was, and you know, that was like when I was like 12, 11, yeah. 12. They're like, okay. So my parents were cool like that. And, uh, and all that comedy that I watched, and I used to watch A&E's Improv and Comedy Carolines and all this stuff. And I just watched so much of it. I'm like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny because I did the same thing with wrestling, but um, I never wanted to be a wrestling uh wrestler because i yeah. have no pain threshold yeah it's horrible zero yeah and also i'm extremely lazy <laughs> um you know sitting with a mic is a good is very good for me yeah um but i did always wanted to be a wrestling manager and uh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah because yeah. there are no a lot of the wrestling managers are fat yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, still to this day, I'm like, I could probably at some point fulfill that dream of being a wrestling manager. Well, I'll tell you, if I go for it, you can be my manager. <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been something that's been part of my life, obviously my entire life. And everyone asks me, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? And uh, I don't know. It basically killed my dad. You know, it killed my, it killed my grandfather. It killed my father. You know, the reality of it is, it, first of all, their bodies just couldn't take any more bumps. Yeah. When they came off the road, the party was over in terms of, and I see it as a comic and I've said this before to people, like I get where all these guys get their problems from. I get it. Oh yeah. Like as a comic, even like, I mean, I'm going to go to, I'm go, I'm flying to Timmins tomorrow morning to do a show Friday and the show Saturday and fly home. I guarantee when I get off stage in Timmins, there's going to be four to five, maybe six guys who want to buy me a shot every time I get off stage. Next thing you know, you're like, okay, well, whatever. Uh, okay, I'll do shot. Next thing you're shooting the shit with people. Everyone wants to talk to you. Okay, yeah, have another, I'll have uh, Okay, yeah, drink, get him a drink, get him a drink. Next thing you know, you're drunk. You're back at a hotel by yourself. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to drink a... I got a little bit of vodka here. I can get an orange juice out of the thing. I got vodka orange juice with no ice and whatever. And lots where a lot of these guys get their problems because they come home and they just can't turn it off, turn it off. You yeah. know, my dad, my dad died of liver kidney failure. You know, mm -hmm. so did my grandfather. These guys, they, their bodies can't handle it. You know, I, I, I mean, I believe like my dad was a giant six, five, two seventy muscle. Like he was a big man. And, I could tell if he even had a half of a drink just because his liver 
function was so low, like yeah. so low. It was you, you you take 25 years of landing on your back, landing on your kidneys and on your liver and stuff and just drinking and like have you watched Flair's 30 for 30? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about how they would drink all day and then he'd get to the hotel and have say I'll have 20 drinks before I wrestled that night. Yeah. It was probably like that for my dad too. You know, I I talked to some wrestlers today and they're like, "Yeah, it's one addiction will kill you." Two makes you immortal. When I mean, you're saying your dad was just an alcoholic and that's it, he didn't do any drugs. We know that for sure. He's like, uh, I'm gonna kill them. He's like, but there's guys same his same boat, but they also do cocaine. So yeah, <laughs> two addictions make them immortal because it makes them fine. They're not fine. I'm sure they're very sick, but they just have these. You ever meet an old wrestler? Like, geez, I don't know what I don't want to name him, but I worked with a wrestler once and I was with him for about 45 minutes. In that time, he smoked weed, had two drinks. I think he pocketed Percocet and was on mushrooms in about 45 minutes that I hung out with him. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's how the, and this guy was like 60. And yeah. Like, how do they operate? You know, how do, <laughs> I just that's don't insane. get it. But you know what? I, I think a fear of it is, is not fear. I mean, I'm really, I'm going to go for it. This TV show or whatever. It's just, again, when I say I saw what it did to my father, I saw what it did to my family. I yeah. saw what it did to my mom. I saw what it, my sister, you know, she doesn't have any ill will to, towards my father, but he was gone most of her childhood. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's, it's something that seems so great until you pull the curtain behind and you actually talk to a lot of these guys and you know most of them have died some of them are still alive and they're yeah. all struggling but then again so are comics you know I mean so every comic you talk to someone's got some some sort of you know I, as all comics I you know I deal with a little depression and anxiety you know stuff like that it's hard not to yeah exactly it's, you're I mean, constantly getting you're living in a, the highs and lows of a roller coaster right yeah. you get on stage and you can, like if I do a week I'm, I mean Jason's gonna love me I'm in uh, absolute about three times here but if i do a week in absolute ottawa yeah when i get home it's like clockwork i know i'm going to be depressed and anxious for four days yeah because i just it's dopamine it's high levels of boom 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 mm -hmm. odd oh, sold out shows here we go i'm killing 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 and then i'm back home in stony creek you know i live in my mom's house you know it's like yeah okay and the next thing you know you're like i, I feel like i'm not doing enough and you get all the anxiety whatever and the wrestlers deal with that too. You know, imagine like my dad, I can't imagine how my dad must have felt after he got that booking for Starcade 90. Like he's in the ring and JR's commentating and and uh, there's there was 7,000 people in attendance. They, it's, at the time, there was like 500,000 people who watched it around the world pay-per-view. Yeah. Which is not a lot in today's numbers, but in, that, in 90, <laughs> that's pretty good numbers. You know what oh. I mean? He knows he's got the world and then he just had to come home. And uh, All the Starcades are like the biggest, that's the biggest thing of the year yeah, that's yeah. WrestleMania for NWA yeah yeah exactly so I just I think maybe that's how he dealt with it you know mm -hmm. he would come home and get depressed and he'd fall off the wagon and then you know it was just it's just like I, and I'm seeing that I'm seeing that his, as, as an entertainer as a comic and as him as a as a wrestler thank God I know personally i don't have that alcoholic gene in me i know i don't yeah. i can't drink two days in a row i can't do it my body doesn't let me like i've never been on a bender in my life i mean mm -hmm. uh and i mean i'm 27 but still i know i don't have that in me so i'm a little bit okay in that where i'm like all right well you know what i can uh i can take this risk because i know it's not gonna fall as hard as it did on him and as my grandfather you know my grandfather died same way you know yeah my grandfather didn't see didn't see 60 my dad didn't see 50 you know what i mean my dad died at 49 my grandfather died at 59 
because of the wrestling entertainment, you know, entertainment business. It was traveling the world for not a lot of money, drinking all the time, partying all the time, coming home, and they both, you know, for lack of a better word, drank themselves to death. Yeah. So maybe I'm a little scared. You know what I mean? But I really want to go for it. I really want. I, who cares? I mean, whatever. It's it's like it's a fun comedy show, but for me, this is so much more. It's so it's it's a. Yeah, I and know. I think the industry has changed a lot too. Where it's not party, party, party all the time. Yeah, you know, like exactly. They, you know, there are vegans yeah. wrestle. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and they're do doing regular well. drug testing yeah. and stuff. Like you know, like in the eighties and nineties, it was a three ring circus. You know, and. Canadians are known to be able to drink. So next thing you know, uh, was uh, these Canadians coming down to the States. And at the time, so my dad was what was called a regional wrestler. So in the 80s and 90s and stuff, I'm sure you know this, but they would have, uh, you know, the Southwest or the yeah. Southeast. Territories. And, yeah, territories. And they'd all have their own little AWA territory. So there was times where my dad would move to... Uh, Memphis mm -hmm. for three months. Yeah. You know, and then he'd live in St. Louis. Like my dad lived in every state of the United States by the time he was 40 years old. Had lived there. Not like I was there for a week. Like he'd lived there from like a month to two to three months at a time. Yeah. As long as it takes to. Yeah. To build up know, the name. Story yeah. He'd get a story in. name. He'd win the title. He'd lose the title. He'd get thrown out of town. You know, it was and like one of the next one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he made a career. He lived in Trinidad. He was big in Japan for a while. He was in Japan for I think two, three months. He lived, he was huge in Montreal with the Tolis brothers. I know that. There was these wrestling brothers. They ran a big production yeah. out of Montreal and uh, big in Ottawa and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I see, I have the, I have a, my house is a, like a shrine of wrestling memorabilia of, of my dad's, my grandfather's and of the time. Like I, sometimes, I, someday I got to show you, I have this huge Tupperware thing. Oh yeah. And it's got like, wrestling magazines from Japan from like oh, 86 like uh, stuff like that crazy stuff and anyways I have all of his athletic commission cards from all the states in the United States because it was yes it, it was a sport it, yeah it was just a sport it was just a stamp the athletic commission of Missouri stamp Dan Johnston appearing from here to here boom and it's laminated I've got it in a folder I've got one for almost every state in the United States except That's for awesome. except for Hawaii and he did go to Hawaii and his it was the, the Rock's mother Maya Viesh they uh, brought him out there and then it just didn't work he went home uh, I don't know what happened I don't know the story Story. my mom doesn't even like to talk about it i don't know what happened but that being said like you know the rocks uh, well ricky johnson soul man was at my father's funeral and i see him all the time and and uh i see the rocks father all the time and i get invited to this thing called titans in toronto it's yeah. a uh, celebrity wrestling um banquet of Canadian wrestlers. So last time I was there, I sat with Stu Hart, who's since passed away. I sat with um, the Wolfman, Willie Farkas, who has since passed away. Uh, sat with, you know, Jet Star and all these kind of indie big Canadian guys. And yeah. and, uh, and then, yeah, the, uh, Rocky Johnson was there. And, and uh, it's great. I, I am so connected in this community. I kind of feel like I owe them something, you know, like in terms of that I want them to see me try to break, you know, not by that means I don't think I'm going to become a WWE wrestler. No, I want to be, I want to see what it takes to be a, you know, top indie wrestler for a couple over a year or so, you know? Yeah. And there are a lot of great indie yeah. divisions in Toronto. Yeah. Well, like you know? I'm very good friends with a wrestler named RJ city. Yeah. Uh, like probably one of my, you know, 
best actor friends in terms of what we met on the set of Splat a lot, the TV show that I'm on. And he, I replaced his character on the show, and then he became what the staff writer, or one of the lead staff writers and and uh, guys on the show. So he stayed on set for the second season. Uh-huh. And every day we talk about wrestling, and and he's RJ City, and you know he's friends with with Nug and all those guys, and he's made a name from. I want to be a wrestler like RJ because wrestler doesn't uh, RJ doesn't wrestle. Like his whole gimmick is how he's too good to wrestle anybody. He doesn't want to fight, and he's this prima donna guy. I go maybe if I do something like that, I can handle it because I got zero pain tolerance. That would be funny. I had an interesting childhood, man. Like uh, the bushwhackers swimming in my pool when I was a kid, and there's <laughs> pictures of me with the giant and Macho Man and the Nasty Boys, and I just hacksaw Jim Duggan. We just re- we just recreated a picture that I took from when I was five years old, and then I did it a couple weeks ago with him with the thumbs up. Oh, that's great! So it definitely was an interesting childhood for sure. And I always won the my dad can beat up your dad stuff on the playground, and and uh, yeah, I just wrestling is is in my blood and i can it's starting to bubble out of me you know i've been kind of suppressing it no i'm a comedian this is no this is what i do yeah. and it's got these little moments where i go i should i gotta go i should do it i should try it you know like yeah like there are there there are comedians that we know that have went out and actually like taken wrestling yeah classes. yeah exactly yeah Just a lot there's a lot of marks in the in the canadian wrestling you know uh community well, I think it's uh, just a Canadian stand-up comic or there's a lot of marks in there and every time they find out who my dad was so some people know I mean if you have me on social media it's hard not to know I posted yeah. a picture of him last night you know uh, but some guys just don't know and then I, they find out they're like what who and yeah. uh, you know the reality is my dad was never a huge household name like I'm not the son of, of Macho Man I'm the son of Bullwhip yeah. so but some of these hardcore wrestling fans are like I saw your dad 97 you know the something civic arena great great match like knows the match knows how it yeah. ended like there's some guys I meet like that and there's other guys go I'm a huge wrestling fan who's your dad and I go oh uh, he's Bullwhip Johnson I go oh Oh, great. Uh, do you ever work with Iron Mike Sharp? And I'm like, yeah, he did. You know, another Hamilton guy. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like... Because like you mentioned wrestler from Hamilton. That's the first go-to. Yeah, Iron, I, Mike, Iron Mike Sharp or uh, or the missing link, Dewey Robertson. Is which, the missing link from Hamilton? Yeah, he's from Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he was a good friend of my dad's. He was at my dad's funeral, and then he died. He died a couple years ago. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an alcoholic. I mean, it's like all these guys. It's like... Yeah, well, he drank himself to his face turned green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys, people are like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And they mention their the wrestling name. And I go, no, I don't know that guy. And then I realize, oh, that was my friend's, my dad's friend, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I know him. Like, But sometimes, I, like in my case, it's like I didn't recognize your dad's name. And then uh, I watch a lot. I go back and watch a lot of matches from my childhood. Yeah. And I used to watch a lot of Montreal wrestling. I yeah. to International. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching this match that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's the Long Riders. And your dad was uh, subbing for one of the injured Long Riders and yeah. defending the titles with uh, Wild Bill Irwin, who yeah. would later become the goon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More yeah. famous for being the goon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is ridiculous because the Long Riders were an amazing tag team. So your dad was like the third Long Rider. Yeah, yeah. He's like the crush. Yeah, of, uh, <laughs> exactly. To their demolition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I didn't even know, and but I was like, I remember watching this match, and then immediately, you know, I had to message, talk to you yeah, a long time, message me. I had to talk to you. I <laughs> yeah. had to send this to you. Yeah, like, yeah. Be like, yeah. Oh, I do know your dad. Yeah, I've watched the wrestle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's stuff like that comes off comes up more often in terms of 
he changed first of all changed his name like eight times you know yeah. when he wrestled in when he wrestled in california he lived in uh santa monica he wrestled as danny sharp and as battleship johnson those were his two gimmicks out but they were he was just big guy he, yeah. he didn't have a gimmick and it wasn't until he started wrestling in um uh tennessee he was doing nashville and he was doing uh what's that uh, chattanooga and stuff like that when he was down there he developed this this bullwhip the cowboy wrestler yeah. the ironic part is he looks like blackjack mulligan like in for first of all in face and in gimmick yeah so a lot of times people will send me pictures i'm like is this your dad and it's blackjack and i'm like no it isn't but it kind of looks like um yeah. you know it's like uh he was kind of the canadian blackjack and he went he made when he once he got the chaps and the when he was the bull whip and he had the whip and stuff he we ate a lot better yeah. in that in those days but it was a very popular gimmick that yeah. a lot of wrestlers have carried yeah like, yeah yeah from outlaw ron bass to stan hansen mm -hmm. to the the blackjacks yeah you know like it's a character that like that cowboy you know, is usually a villain in movies. Yeah, yeah. And people want to see that emulated in the ring. Exactly, right? Like you watch the old Western, the Mex most thing you want to see is a cowboy get shot and fall from a second floor balcony or something yeah. into the into the woods or whatever. So they see a guy, okay, this is a, this is just an out like, you know, how 45 minutes of just cowboy fighting. Okay, yeah, I love this. I love Westerns, you yeah. know? And, you know, that's when he kind of, he got a, you know more recognition and stuff and but what the other names like like so it's like you know i was talking like um last weekend when i was with um the dragon they would say okay his name was richard blood so he had ricky blood that, that was his name it's yeah. a great name and they're yeah. like well no that's a you're that's a heel name you can't even yeah have yeah 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 but they said basically you look a lot like this guy steamboat that used to wrestle for me 20 years ago we're gonna say you're his nephew ricky steamboat oh uh, okay so yeah. Yeah, sammy yeah. steamboat was his uncle but yeah. not really yeah i think we do this a lot of times uh you know like superstar billy graham is wayne coleman he's not a graham yeah. but they said oh you look like this you look like this graham so we're just gonna make you a graham you know yeah. or, or or well the andersons aren't anderson's not yeah. an anderson yeah, yeah yeah he just looks like one yeah so does cw anderson so like maybe like do you ever think that when your dad went to some of these divisions they said they gave like sharp like why did he have the name sharp somewhere was, yeah yeah exactly it, it could have been the conversation Station. Oh, you're okay. You're from Canada. Oh, you're from Hamilton. Oh, Mike Sharp. Okay, you're Danny Sharp. You're his cousin. Now you're Danny Sharp. It that could have been seem, something like that. that. Yeah. Sense. yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, who knows? Yeah, my two, my grandfather's two gimmicks were were first of all just Bull Ron Bull Johnson. Yeah, and uh, and then the Mongol and the Mongols became very big. Uh, yeah, yeah. They wrestled like uh, Luis Martinez and Luthez and uh, Vern Gagne, and they were in that era. Um, and I've got all these oh god i've got a picture of my phone i'll show you after of like these like wrestling magazines from like the 50s mint condition like cost like two cents and it's like yeah. got luthez wrestling you know luis martinez on the front of it and it's like how to order your very own wrestling boots and stuff like this like, i'm sure these things are worth some money to somebody i'm not gonna sell them i don't mean i don't think no unless my career goes into the absolute toilet then we'll see um but that's me and my hockey cards yeah i'm like i'm not selling these until i really need to every time uh, i go broke i'm like uh, should i sell all of you you know yeah yeah like, 
it's just I have so much goddamn wrestling memorabilia in my house. Every time I'll open a like cupboard, I'm like, and something will fall down. And it's like a T-shirt, ICW '94 Grand Champion. I'm like, okay, I'll keep that. You know, yeah. like it's like because he was proud. You know, and I do the same thing with my stand-up posters. Anytime I, it doesn't even matter what I'm doing on the show. I could be opening the show. Yeah. My face is on the poster, and my name's on the poster. As we're leaving, I'm thanking everybody. I just take it off the wall, roll it up, yeah. and bring it home because he did that. Well, not so, only that, but you not only are you building your own archive, yeah. Which is good to leave, you know, your footprint, a legacy. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, I don't know, like in Canada, a lot of Canadians, when they want to go to work in the States in the entertainment field, you have to prove that you're of a talent that they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the best way to prove this are all these posters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all those laminates. And yeah. Like, everything that you went to, you yeah. have to prove that you actually went there. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have a newspaper article or yeah. a newspaper print or the poster or anything like that, you don't have any proof. Yeah. So, a lot of comedians... They can't, you know, they don't like any of that stuff, so they just throw it all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guys that are smart enough to keep their stuff, it really comes in handy when yeah. you're applying for a visa. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm at that point now where I'm like booking shows. I mean, I was in New York City last weekend. Yeah, I, I went, I went over, I went over on uh, vacation. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, every time you, you run a risk of doing that, you get ten year ban. There's some great comics banned for ten years from the states. You know? Oh yeah. But we were just, they were just talking about this on Jericho's podcast. Yeah. They were just talking with wrestlers how they. The same thing. There's a guy, I guess his name is Mike Speedball Bailey. Uh, I was just told, I was down at a PWG card down in California. It's a yeah. very prestigious legion and in Reseda. And the best wrestlers are there, like the Young Bucks. The best indie wrestlers today are there. And it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, um, long story short, it's just this. I asked my friend, I was like, have you ever seen Mike Speedball Bailey? Has he ever come down here? And he's like, he came down once, but then I guess... Uh, he didn't have the proper papers, yeah. so he'll he can come back. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I guess I don't know. I don't know if he can wrestle in the states or not. But yeah. like, you know, once you get, uh, if you get, here's the thing. Like, I'm in the process of applying for a P1 entertainment visa, circus act and entertainers, which yeah. is, I don't know exactly. I'm talking to a, the person about it now. But if say I get that, say I apply for that, and it doesn't go through for some reason, that's gonna hit on my profile when I go through the border. So they're going to scan my passport and go, oh, it says here you applied for a P1. What's that for? Are you an entertainer? Because usually when I cross, they go, why are you going? I go, on oh, vacation. What do you yeah. do for work? I'm a bartender. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You know, I, I've never had a problem, you know, knock on wood, um, but it's getting to the point now where like I performed in Los Angeles twice, New York City. I just got a booking to go to Reading, Pennsylvania. I'm going to be going to Boston. Like I can't, I can't be fucking around anymore. I can't ruin my career, especially yeah. whether I do as a comic or as a wrestler. Who knows yeah. what happens with this? Um, I got to smarten up in terms of that. But right now it's kind of been just, uh, we've been going on vacations to, luckily the places I've been forming in are vacation destinations. Like I can't go to, you know, uh, somewhere in Minnesota and they go, why are you going home vacation? Luckily I've been performing yeah. in New York city in Los Angeles. So when I'm at the border, I just say it's a personal, whatever non-business. Yeah. Oh, I'm going on vacation. Uh, but yeah, I got to smarten up on that side. I just got, I got to, I just got to do it right. You know, I got to talk to the right lawyer or whoever. And, but yeah, that being said, I do have a like four foot long tote full of posters. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 
who knows stand up's going great i mean i can't complain i do a show pretty much every second night and uh i'm all over the place you yeah. know i'm getting out at the point now where i'm getting flown in and put up and paid well, that's and right, stuff yeah. that's a huge huge thing for me it's just work and i think it all comes down to the fact that my dad hustled his ass off as a wrestler yeah. he bred this hustle into me that I it's undeniable like I cannot stop working if I stop working that's when the depression and anxiety starts to come in where I go oh yeah I feel like I'm not doing enough I'm wasting time I'm getting too old I'm missing my shot but I can't stop working and just like he couldn't stop working until you know he did eventually stop but um I just can't I can't stop I'm working everywhere and I, I you know there's two things people say about me they go Oh, I love Eric. He's got he's a great hustler. He's got great work ethic. Or they go, fucking hate that guy. He's got too much ego and he's the heel. I kind of play the both of like the sides of it where I don't care. I don't care what anyone says about me, but I see how different people see like this is it's just like wrestling. Oh, I love that guy. Great worker, great talent, you know, whatever. And they go, I hate that guy. He's a piece of shit, too much ego, whatever. They're talking about the same guy. Yeah. But it's just people's perception of me. And I get that I, you know, I push a lot and I can get I'm in people's faces in terms of social media whatever but you have to be you have to be in terms of yeah i work a lot and i'm really trying to make this happen and i've got this hustle spirit in me and then i'll hear from whoever you know the guy makes his own posters and I, yeah okay yeah i do because i'm trying to make it work here yeah. you know i uh, like just but it's becoming less and less now i remember when it, this was a couple years ago it was just people you know i just i'd come into a green room like oh what do you have you talked to so-and-so and i go no he's got a lot to say about you and like you know it's like at first when you're dry when you when you start doing comedy or start doing any kind of entertainment it's kind of like you're driving in a little fiat and you just want everyone to like you i'm gonna yeah. go forward and whatever and uh i hope everyone cares about me and i hope everyone thinks i'm funny and the second that you hear anything negative about yourself it's kind of like hitting a huge pothole and you're trying to steer back on course and then as you become busier and busier and, and you get more confident on stage and with your talent and stuff i feel like now i'm like an 18 like 18 wheel loaded like you know transport truck and i'm just barreling down the highway as fast as i can doing as much as i can that if i hear anything negative about me it's like what was that anyways okay keep going uh you know keep driving here and i think i think a lot of the wrestlers were like that and i think that's where i kind of it's bred into me it's in my blood in that way too but we'll figure it out i don't know awesome yeah that's sweet do you watch any of the wrestling today i don't really i don't really follow the current product i watch i have a standing mandate to watch wrestlemania every year with my friends and the week before i'll read up on everything that's going on who's yeah. over what belt and whatever i'm actually shocked and kind of goes what we we're just talking about how many canadians are in the current product like yeah. there's tons yeah like smackdown alone has like 10 canadians yeah. on the roster yeah and like main working guys like yeah. first of all obviously kevin owens but there's that new guy the glorious Bobby guy Rude. yeah yeah he's from toronto you know yeah. Like, I just I look at it, I go, okay, they're doing it. You know, it's like I feel like Vince. There's this. We just have such a good reputation as Canadians, as workers. You know, it's like he takes us on, and uh, you know, they really promote, like they really develop uh, wrestlers well. Like in Calgary, they know how to do it. The Hearts did it for yeah. years. Now Lance Storm has the Storm Academy. Yeah, Santino here and Ron Hutchins. Yeah, uh, Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys are still, like, Hutchinson still trains to this day. Yeah. So, you know, um, even the Maritimes have a rich tradition of wrestling down there with Grand Prix, as well as Montreal. Yeah. They're all hotbeds, and now Winnipeg, like, 
the one of the biggest events of next year already being talked about is 2017 uh, January is Omega versus Alpha. Uh, Kenny Omega from Winnipeg is wrestling Chris Jericho from Winnipeg as well. Yeah, they're headlining Wrestle Kingdom. Well, co-headline because there's another match after that. But um, you know, two guys from Winnipeg wrestling yeah. the biggest event in Japan. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. It's got to be pretty sweet yeah know? i yeah like my my dad was over in japan like they flew him over there and he said it was the best i've ever felt as an entertainer like everyone as soon as they got to the airport it was limos and champagne and yeah they would do the matches and and uh they they brought him out bowling and next thing you know they Sammy Davis Jr. was bowling at the bowling alley next to them, like in the same lanes, and they're drinking with Sammy Davis Jr. He says, if you ever want to feel like a celebrity, be a North American entertainer and perform in Japan if you have a following there. Oh, my God. This yeah. is so funny because Ricky Steamer just told me a story last week where he went to a, a Japanese restaurant here in town, and uh, one night he met Sammy Davis Jr. in the Japanese restaurant <laughs> oh, no way. on the street. He's everywhere, that guy. Well, now he's dead, but you know what I mean. But he, but he loves Japanese. Obviously, yeah. he loves yeah. Japanese. Japanese food. Yeah, exactly. He loves so much that he was in Japan. That's crazy. But yeah, there's pictures of my dad. They're all in the bowling alley. These giants of men. And this little Sammy Davis Jr.'s got his head in there. And The candy man. Yeah. And uh, actually, my dad broke his ankle. Oh, my know, God. In, in Japan. He was there on like a, a six-week contract. I think it was like the third week. And he came off the top rope and he landed weird on his ankle and he broke it. What they did is like, oh, okay, we fix. They just taped it up like crazy. And they just punched in. A, I don't know. He said he didn't even know what it it could have been steroids or you know some sort of liquid or whatever and yeah. they're just filling the ankle with all this stuff to kind of make it set and protect it wrapped it up like before and after every match and he said he worked the rest of his contract with a broken ankle it's that karate Mr. Miyagi yeah I don't know they just rubbed their kid. hands over it and he was cured but yeah that's great when you first started that story I thought for a second that you I'm like you were saying that your dad broke Sammy Davis oh yeah <laughs> my dad broke his ankle and I was like then, uh, then my dad had a successful feud against the Rat Pack and <laughs> And uh, it went pretty good. That's a good way to get heat. You know, yeah, he beat up Dean. And uh, he, Frank, well, Frank always goes over. So, yeah, yeah, good job, exactly. Frank. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, he lived, like, you know, there's a, are you familiar with, there's Slam Wrestling, the online article, Canoe Wrestling, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Oliver is a chief writer on that and he's become friends of mine and he said when I interviewed your dad he's like he interviewed him for a couple of books and a couple of articles and actually Greg Oliver wrote my dad's obituary oh wow um, uh, slam wrestling obituary we actually used it in the Hamilton Spectator and Stony Creek News and stuff like when my yeah. dad died it was like it wasn't like a you know obituary strip it was like he had two pages in the Stony Creek News full page in the Hamilton Spectator like he was a Hamilton celebrity like yeah. people loved him um but yeah, so he's uh, he's like there's a lot of stuff he said. Every time I talk to your dad, he's like I just tell. Even though he, it was almost like he almost knew he was gonna go as a young man. Like my dad yeah. died at 49. He goes every time I talk to your dad, you could just tell he was so happy that he lived the life that he lived. And in one of the interviews, he says, uh, "If I could do it all again, I would." Which is such a standard, you know, but line. But it's like when you you believe it, you know, the guy, like I said. Lived in every state in the United States. Had a resi residency in Trinidad and Tobago. Was big in Japan. Like I, like I said, I've got all that thing. There's a huge... It's like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, whatever. It's like you turn... The, actually, the pages turn the other way in Japanese yeah. magazines. And it's like Bullwhip Johnson's son, you know? And he's got the big his leather chaps on. And it was just like... Yeah, I want what he had. It, I, what he had. It. I want to have what he had. 
in terms of, but I don't know where it's going to be. Stand up is going great right now. I've got also a career as an actor, this new project with becoming a wrestler. Yeah. I just want to, I'm chasing his footsteps and I will forever be for the rest of my life. You know, yeah. so in some ways I've surpassed him. You know, I've done more TV acting than he has, but it doesn't make me, Oh, I passed him. It makes no. me just go, okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm on par with him there. Now I got to catch up to him on this angle. You know, it's just like, I got to go to the places that he went to. It's just like, I'm, well, my dad died nine days after my 13th birthday. When you lose a parent young, you spend the rest of your life trying to prove yourself to them and get your approval from them. Yeah. But you'll never get it. You'll no. never get that. I'm proud of you. You know, and I hear from everyone's friends and family, you know, if your dad was watching right now, he'd be so proud. And yeah, I've, I've, I've even gone seen psychics and they're like, your dad is so proud. And it's just, it, it's never enough. And I think that's the wrestling spirit. I think that's the Canadian entertainment spirit. I think that's the the spirit of just loving what you do. It's never good enough. You know, like Jerry Seinfeld gets off from the tonight show and he goes, eh, I didn't love it. You know, it could have been better. Yeah. It's like, that's the mind of a comedian, the mind of an entertainer, the mind of an actor. You just always want to be better. And yeah, I'm excited about this wrestling thing. I mean, it might not even happen. Who knows? I mean, I have interest in some production companies. Great. That doesn't mean anything. Even if it doesn't happen for a TV show, I might just do it on my own. I don't even care if there's cameras. Just go and start training and try to work an indie match. You know, yeah. well, so you know, you can always use, do it on different levels too. You know, like the more, you know, pretty much in Canada now, if you can just go do it yourself and then put it up on YouTube and be like, look at all the hits. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, well, let's why take, take yeah. it down. Yeah, yeah. And let's, let's redo, redo it. it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that's how Letterkenny started. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's uh, that's what they're looking for. And if you yeah. have to do that, then do it. Yeah. But uh, we've pretty much come to an end of another issue. Yeah, uh, what do you've got going on? Tell us like, where we can find uh, you. I've got a lot. Uh, you can follow me on, first of all, my website's www.ericjohnstonwho.com. Twitter and Instagram is also at ericjohnstonwho, E-R-I-C-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-W-H-O. Uh, I'm on tour all the time. I mean, I'm leaving for, I mean, Timmins, but whatever. I'm leaving tomorrow morning, Timmins, and yeah. come back. I'm part of the Windsor Comedy Festival. I don't know when this goes out, but uh, Windsor Comedy Festival. You'll be... Next week. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. So December 26th and 27th, I'm in the... Or 27th, 28th. Check out my website. It's uh, the Windsor Comedy Festival. Awesome. Uh, and the Chatham Comedy Festival. They're back-to-back. They live right next... Towns right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, and then I start the year with some road gigs in Montreal, and uh, I, I'm in Sudbury all the time now. I've got kind of a following up in Northern Ontario, and who knows? The the world is my oyster. There so, we go. Yeah. You've heard it here, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. And again, remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe. And uh, if you give us those ratings and those reviews, uh, we will send you a postcard. And uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, Never Sleeps Networks Talking Wrestling. Thanks for letting us put a headlock in your ears. Have a great day. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.